Welcome to Stories of Runeterra. My name is Guy Black, or Ravenhood on the interwebs, and I'm just a humble storyteller here to draw you into the vast world of Runeterra by Riot Games. The Riot Games community has crafted an incredible universe filled with fantastical hextech pugilists. <laughs> Each week, we jump into the Riot Games universe and narrate something from the world of Runeterra off of the Riot Games universe site. Think of it as an audiobook of League stories and lore. This week's story is Vi, or as I used to say it, V, or if you're really going to be funny, you could say number six. Regardless, it's Vi, the Piltover Enforcer, and my terrible attempt at an impression. We can either do this the hard way or... Oh, no, there's just the hard way. Once a criminal from the mean streets of Zaun, Vi is a hot-headed, impulsive, and fearsome woman with only a loose respect for authority figures. Growing up all but alone, Vi developed finely honed survival instincts as well as a wickedly abrasive sense of humor. Now, working with the Wardens to keep the peace in Piltover, she wields mighty Hextech gauntlets that can punch through walls and suspects with equal ease. And now for the biography of Vi. Vi remembers little of her childhood in Zaun, and what she does remember, she wishes she didn't. Running with the Sump Snipe gangs, she quickly learned to use her wits, as well as her fists, to survive. Everyone who encountered Vi knew she could talk, or punch, her way out of trouble. More often than not, she chose the latter. None of the old-timers from her youth could tell her anything of her parents. Though she had ended up in the crumbling Hope House orphanage, a notoriously mad sump scrapper claimed to have found her adrift in a bassinet large enough for two in the ruins of a collapsed chem lab. In the end, Vi figured some things were best left unknown. With her wild pink hair, she became a distinctive sight in the streets of Zaun, hightailing from angry shopkeepers in the boundary markets, swaggering through the colorful bazaars of the Black Lanes, or hitching rides up into Piltover aboard hextrolic conveyors. Whenever there was a scrape to be gotten into or a scam to be run, Vi was in the thick of it, though she never stole from those that couldn't cover the loss, and never hurt those that didn't deserve it. As she got older, the capers of childhood became a more audacious and daring, and Vi formed a gang of her own. Brash and quick to anger, she still relied on her fists a little too much, and was rarely without a black eye or a split lip. She found a mentor in the owner of a bar on the edge of the lanes, who tempered some of her more self-destructive tendencies. He tried to reinforce her moral code and showed her how to fight with discipline, as well as teaching her ways to better direct her simmering anger. In time, Vi earned a reputation as someone who got things done, no questions asked. Listening to the chatter of the Zonite miners who frequented the bar, she came to learn when big deals were being made and how payments were to be delivered. To a Kim Baron, this was chump change, but to her and her friends, it would be a fortune. She planned a heist, but she knew it would require extra bodies to pull off, so Vi reluctantly brought a rival gang, the Factorywood Fiends, in on her score. 
Everything was going fine until the leader of the fiends killed the mine owner with a pair of oversized pulverizer gauntlets and trapped the rest of the workers in the tunnels. Even as both gangs fled with the loot, Vi knew she could not leave these innocent people to die. She snatched up the gauntlets, the wrist mechanisms clamping down painfully on her arms, but she endured the agony long enough to smash open a path to free the miners. The following day, Vi paid a visit to the Factorywood Fiends, still wearing the powered gauntlets. She took on the entire gang, administering a beating so legendary that it is still spoken of in the lanes to this day. Vi eventually disappeared from Zaun during a time of great upheaval, when tensions with Piltover were running high. Rumors circulated between the gangs that she had been killed in the huge explosion in the heart of the Undercity, or that she had turned her back on her friends and struck out for distant lands. The truth, however, finally came to light when Old Hungry's Scars, a vicious gang whose murder sprees had spread topside, were brought down by a respected sheriff of Piltover and her new ally, Vi. The former gang leader was now in the employ of the Wardens, and she had replaced the Kim-powered pulverizer gauntlets with a brand new pair of Hextech Atlas prototypes. No one yet knows the exact reason why or how Vi came to be working alongside Caitlin, but given the anarchic nature of the crime wave now sweeping Piltover, speculation runs rife that it might involve a certain blue-haired hellion from Zaun. Huh. Now, I'm, you can't tell, I've been recording characters starting last week with Jinx and this week with Vi, main characters from the new Arcane series on Netflix. Hashtag not sponsored, am I right? Um, which is great, by the way. Y'all should watch it if you haven't. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I don't know if they're using this lore as the, like, the heart of what they're doing with the Arcane series, which it may or may not. Only time will tell, but this isn't an episode on Zelian, so we're going to have a quick commercial break, literally 30 seconds, hang tight, and we're going to come back with a story of Vi. And now to the story of Vi. This one, at least on the universe page, doesn't have an author attributed to it, but it's entitled Interrogation 101. Vi stifled a yawn as she moved through the gilded chamber at the heart of Piltover's Hall of Law. Dawn was less than an hour old, and the place was quiet. A few drunks were sleeping it off in the shaming cells, and she'd heard there were a couple of king-augmented thugs in the deeper, more secure lockups. She'd ask around later, see if she could provide any insight as to what they were doing up in Piltover. She rolled her shoulders, the muscles there stiff after a hard night's work. It had been a long shift, and her forearms were aching from the pressure of her powered gauntlets. All she wanted to do was go back home, get them off, and bathe her fists in ice water. Maybe throw back a few glasses of something strong and sleep some, but the pneumatitube from Caitlin had been full of imperatives about getting herself down to the district house on the double. Vi had cocked an eyebrow, tossed the message, and given it an hour before leaving her cramped home in the dressmaker's quarter to answer Caitlin's summons. Hey, Harknor, she said to the desk warden when she reached the cells. What's so important Caitlin has to drag me from the erotic dream about, ah, 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 stop right there. 
said Harknor without looking up from his elevated desk as he ran a finger down the list of prisoners brought in during the night. I'm not interested in the mood, or in the mood, to hear about another one of your lurid fantasies. You sure? grinned Vi, leaning on his desk and blowing a loose strand of pink hair from her eyes. This was a good one. Had a plot and everything. Quite sure, quite sure, said Harknor, looking away and holding out the charge sheet. Caitlin and Mohan have brought in a hextaff thick last night and uh, hasn't said a word to anyone, but she thinks you might be able to get him to talk. Vi arched an eyebrow as she scanned the page. Devaki, you've been a very naughty boy, she said, rolling her eyes and curling her metaled fingers into a fist. Yeah, Devaki and I knew each other back in the day. I'll get him to talk. Harknor shook his head, saying, Listen, boy, I don't want to have to call the surgeon back here again. Caitlin wants this fella to be able to speak when he goes before the procurator. Where is she, anyway? asked Vi. She isn't even here to say hello. Chasing down a lead at the docks, said Harknor. Said she figured you could handle this one on your own. She wrong about that? Nope, said Vi, turning and sashaying towards the cells. Which cells do Vaki in? Number six, but remember, he's got to be able to talk. Vi nodded and said, yeah, yeah. She reached cell six and slid back the locking bar. Normally, another warden would secure the door, but Vi didn't need anyone at her back. She knew Devaki from the old days. He even worked with him a few times before the job when the factory wood fiends went bad. Devaki was a thief, not a fighter, and if she needed backup to restrain his scrawny frame... It was time to find a new line of work. Devaki was sitting on the edge of the chipped hunk of stone they called a bed, with his back to the wall and his knees drawn up to his chest. He cradled one arm close to his body, and the limb ended at a bandaged stump where his hand ought to be. He looked up as she entered, and his eyes widened in surprise. Vi? Built over his finest, she said with a petite courtesy that, despite where he sat, made Devaki smile. What happened to your hand? Your damn sheriff shot it off, he said. What happened to yours? I got an upgrade, said Vi, holding up her Hextech gauntlets. They hummed with a low buzz as she turned them around to let Devaki see just how powerful they were. Fully customizable with varied levels of hurt, I can punch through walls with these babies. Yeah, I heard what happened at the ecliptic vaults, said Devaki with an easy smile, as if he were talking to the old Vi, the Vi from the lanes. He wasn't bright enough to know that that Vi wasn't the one standing in front of him. Devaki held up the arm ending in a stump. I'm going to need an upgrade, too. This was a high-end augment from Brozino's. Ah, that sheriff didn't need to shoot it off. You can bill her, said Vi, closing the distance between them in two strides and lifting Devaki off his feet. She threw him against the opposite wall, rattling his bones and sending plaster dust billowing into the air. Devaki slid to the floor, shocked and gasping for breath. <coughs> They've been playing nice so far, but now they send you in? What gives? I'm the one they send in when asking all polite doesn't get you anywhere, Cupcake, said Vi, letting the power build in her gauntlets. I'm the one who'll go to town on you with these beauties, unless, of course, you tell me what I want to know. Whoa! Whoa, Vi! Wait, what are you doing? 
spluttered Devaki, holding his remaining hand out before him as he scrambled to his feet. I'm interrogating you. What does it look like? But you haven't even asked me anything. Vi cocked her head to the side. Oh, yeah. I probably should get to that. She reached down and hauled Devaki to his feet, applying a growing pressure to his shoulder. So, who is going to buy that stolen Hextech? Devaki winced in pain but didn't answer. Come on! You're tougher than that, said Vi, releasing his bruised shoulder. You want to see what happens to a face when I don't pull my punches? No! cried Devaki. Then tell me what I want to know. I, I, I can't. Vi tapped a finger on her chin, as if weighing whether to punch him again. She smiled, the expression worrying Devaki more than the thought of her fists. Hmm, be a shame if word got around the lanes that you'd been informing on all your criminal friends for the last couple years. What? What? said Devaki, sputtering in pain and indignation. That's, that's a lie! Of course it is, said Vi. But I know all the right people to talk to down there. A lot of folk will listen if I let slip that you're in the warden's pocket. I, I'll, be, I'll be dead in a day if you do that, protested Devaki. <laughs> now you're catching on, said Vi. Tell me what I want to know, and I'll make sure it gets about that you resisted arrest. Even give you a black eye so it looks like I beat it out of you. Devaki's shoulders slumped knowing he had no defiance left in him. Fine, I'll tell you what you want to know. <laughs> Excellent, said Vi. Now we're getting somewhere. Well, thanks for hanging out with me on this episode of Stories of Rune Terra. I switched up the intro a little bit, kind of wanted to give it a little bit of a different feel and, you know, be a little bit more personable about whatever. feel like I wanted to make it a little wider and note that this was a lore podcast, too. On the story of Vi, I will say... Again, kind of like what I was saying about the biography, I don't know how much of the Arcane series is heavily influenced by what's on here, but one thing that I have noticed in all the different episodes that I have recorded here on Stories of Runeterra, there's this neat, like, loose nature to some of the lore, which gives flexibility to the story writers to do something neat, to do something new, maybe kind of let some interpretation slip in as to what is actually going on in the stories so yeah i think it's exciting i'm not really bothered by that kind of stuff i know that you as a storyteller and a, and a writer have to maybe change things up from what might be there for a fully cohesive storyline so i i'm frankly not bothered by it but let me know what you think um, I'm on Twitter, I'm on Instagram I appreciate everybody that's listening in According to my statistics, all 15 of you concurrent viewers I appreciate you immensely Share this with your friends, put it up on your social media Post it somewhere, I'd love for more people to hear this And get more feedback on what they think of it And hey, maybe we can convince Riot to let me narrate stuff If you guys think I'm good enough to do it Woohoo! Yay! Shameless plug for myself! Woohoo! Um, I guess the last thing is let me know if you are enjoying these dives into the lore of the arcane characters. I just figured thematically and it would be cool. Anyway, thanks. 
Catch you later.